0: We're through 60 minutes and beyond. This is the Flames Talk Post Game Show. Now available on Apple and Spotify. Here's Pat Steinberg
1: post postgame is underway, and let's head to Mullet Arena right now and get some immediate yeah. postgame reaction from the guy who opened yeah. the scoring in this one tonight. It's Milan Lucic with us right now. Milan, I, I guess, first of all, just take us through this one and, and how impressed you were with how your group didn't back down despite how things maybe didn't go your way early in the second period there.
2: Yeah, I think we, uh, think we did a good job uh, just sticking to our game I mean you look at the shot clock it <laughs> yeah. kind of speaks speaks to how the game went and uh you know regardless of getting down 3-1 in the second period we we just kept putting pucks on net and and getting guys there and we knew if we just kept kept uh, applying it that uh, you know we were going to get results, and, and that's exactly what happened, and, and we got the win.
1: Milan, I know that on the outside there's been a lot of talk of late about frustration. Is is this a game where you know as a group it can be a, a bit of a learning experience too? As to hey, you know what? If you're playing the right way, even if things don't go your way, it, it's not as uh, it's not as uphill a climb, or it's not as impossible for for a group to turn it back the way that uh, the way that you want it to go.
2: For sure. I mean, you know, we're still, you know, we're still in a playoff fight uh, and every game means so much. Uh, You know, we came in not taking this team lightly because we knew, you know, they've been one of the best home teams in the Western Conference here, I think in the last 10 home games. Uh And also they hadn't, you know, their record's been pretty good the last 10 games as well of being unbeaten in regulation. So, you know, we played, we played the right way for, for 60 minutes. You know, when everyone's contributing and everyone's playing, you know, on the same page, you know, that's when, that's when we have success and play our, our best hockey. So, uh, the most important thing is that we got the two points and that we build on this effort against a much better team tomorrow in Vegas.
1: Milan, your line mate Walker Dewar picked up his first career multi-point game in the NHL. What did he add to uh, your trio tonight?
2: Yeah, he was good, obviously. Uh, uh, speed. Uh, you know, he getting in there, making plays and, and uh, winning battles down low. I thought our line as a whole did a really good job of that. Uh, and, you know, you saw tonight when he uses his speed and, and moves his feet and takes steam in on wide. Uh, he's an effective player. So uh, nice to see him get results. Uh, his first game back up uh, being called up. So we're going to need the, the same from him uh, and our line, uh, in a big game tomorrow.
1: And finally, Milan, uh, speaking of making plays, you made a couple on the goal that you scored to make it one, nothing. Walk us through that goal early in the first.
2: Yeah. You know what? Lou did a good job of winning the faceoff. And then, uh, you know, and then, uh, in the corner there, he does a good job of kind of stepping on the puck and winning the battle. And, uh, you know, we were able to, to make some plays and walks, you know, uh, you know, just put on my stick, and I was able to find the back of the net. So it's always great when you're, you know, you get the lead and you get that first goal. So uh, nice, nice way to start the road trip.
1: Milan, thanks for doing this. Good luck in Vegas, hey? All right, thank you. That's Milan Lucic, post game in Arizona. It's uh, point night in Arizona on a Wednesday. 6-3, your final score. But if you tuned in, say, uh, I don't know, somewhere in the first half of the s- second period, don't know if you saw that coming. If you turned it off, the Flames scored five unanswered to turn a 3-1 deficit into a 6-3 lead, which ends up being your final score. Hey, it's Flames Talk post game with Pat Steinberg, Peter Labardius, Derek Wills, with you from the Doug Lacy's, Basement Systems downtown studio. Worried about radon? They install custom mitigation systems to reduce your risk. To learn more and for all things basementy, visit dlbasementsystems.com. Flames Talk available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, Lou, as we just heard from Milan right there, that's a night where the flames played the right way all night despite a couple of things going their way, a couple of mistakes in the second period ending up in the back of their net. They stuck with it. Dan Vladar shut the door, uh, and the group didn't get away from the way they needed no, they to didn't. play even when it was 2-1 and 3-1.
3: And Milan, who always sees the game at a high level and can always break it down at a very high level, just did. And uh, a lot of credit to his line. Yep. Walker Dewar was excellent tonight. Trevor Lewis played with excellent passion. His reaction after the two goals that Lou Cheech and Walker Dewar scored said a lot. They got to work, Pat. They, they led the way for me tonight to get it rolling. And the good news is 3-1 after some funky stuff, <laughs> which it was, there's no doubt about it, um, they didn't get away. And we have seen all too often... Where, you know, you'd play a good period. You didn't get what you want. And then they'd get away from it until it got real desperate. They never really got away from it tonight. And it it didn't feel like they were. You know, the other day at 3-1, I felt like, I'm not sure this is happening. Tonight, for whatever reason, maybe it's just because I just saw it as such a dominant effort
4: that this can't continue tonight to go this way. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, I've seen bad things happen to this team too often, so when they fell behind 3-1, giving up three goals on eight shots, including one off the stick of Chris Tanev into his own net, uh, I had a hard time being the glass-half-full guy that I usually am, even though the Flames were clearly dominating the Coyotes in the hockey game. It just seemed to be uh, another chapter in in what's been that type of season for the team, but Mm. as frustrated as I'm sure fans were, and even I was, calling this game for more than one reason, Uh, I give a lot of credit to the Flames for just sticking with it and battling back and scoring five unanswered goals and winning a game that they absolutely had to win. Let's be honest. We talked about it uh, on Flames Talk uh, on this Wednesday afternoon. We talked about it uh, in the pregame show and during the broadcast. Uh, 11-11-6 going into this game against teams currently outside of a playoff position in the national hockey league. And that had to change Uh, the flames uh, going into this game had 12 games left against non-playoff teams. And I said earlier this afternoon on Twitter that they were going to have to win the majority of those games. Well, uh, one down and uh, 11 to go. We'll see how many of those ones they can win. And uh, you know what Uh, individually and collectively when You score six goals on a season high 51 shots when 13 players pick up a point and when five of those players pick up two points, including rookies Walker Dewar and Jacob Peltier, who record their first career two point games. It's got to help build confidence in a team that I think for a good chunk of the season has lacked that intangible and some other ones
1: as well. Uh, good night when it comes to the shots against side of things as well. Uh, that's the third lowest shots against total in team history. Now, they've allowed 12, 13, and 14 multiple times. So it's not like it's uh, the the third time. But in terms of totals, 14 against is the third lowest. The lowest is 12 that they've allowed in one game, uh, which they did not tonight. They allowed 14, but got 52, as you mentioned, Derek, for a season-high 52-4. 14 you know guys the 5 on 5 game was was dominant all night long and that was big. I'll just do a quick look at the the final five on five possession via zone proxy and shot share. Uh, it was what was just, that first part you said? Uh, zone proxy, offensive zone proxy. Okay, I've, never,
3: um, I've heard a lot of terms that even that one's new for me. Like zone to, proxy. I, I like
1: to I like to show off my very limited vocabulary. So when I find a new word, nice. I like to try to use it. Nice uh, zone proxy. Just under sixty five percent. Five on five shot attempts for sixty eight thirty seven in favor of Calgary. So five on five, Derek, was a really strong night. But the area I wanted to to get to was the power play because they had their, as you called them in the second period, they had their 1A, 1B power play units out there, the ones that we've seen since the All-Star break. First power play didn't work. They're down 3-1. They get a second power play opportunity, and they go back to the power play one they've used for the majority of this season, and and Wilsey, I've been waiting for them to do that. I knew at some point, or I felt like there was a good chance at some point they'd go back to Toffoli, Huberto, Cadre, uh, Lindholm, and Anderson together on the power play, and they did. They had their six or seven game break, and they went back to it, and it almost immediately cashes in with a big Lindholm goal to start the five-goal rally, and they end up with three power play goals in this one tonight. I think that's a big thing for the Flames. I think
4: it's absolutely huge, Pat, and I should have uh, mentioned that when I was uh, talking about uh, some of the big things that happened for the Flames as a team tonight. Uh, And their power play has been an Achilles heel all season. And Mm -hmm. when you look at this team on paper, you wonder why, you wonder how. And uh, it's looked good at times. It hasn't looked good at other times. Uh, They switched it up coming out of their nine-day break. And after going 0-for-1 to start this game, Their power play after making uh, the change from having number one and number two units to having one A and one B units, four for 23, 17.4%. And after making the change uh, in the soccer game against the Coyotes, uh, the Flames end up going three for four in the power play. And for those of you who are not good at math, that's uh, 75.0%. It's also unsustainable, but it's a good start. And something that we've uh, talked quite a bit about this season is that having success on the power play, where you're using your top offensive players, that success can bleed into the five-on-five game. Because if guys start feeling it on the PP and building their confidence that way, they tend to be better and more dangerous five-on-five as well. So uh, you have to hope that for some of the Flames' top players uh, who have to feel great about how the power play went after they made the change back to uh, the one-two units tonight, the old units tonight, uh, you hope that uh, leads to more success five-on-five as well. Guys, I don't think we can miss this point, though.
3: It was the number two unit that did the yep. majority of the damage. Yep. They scored two, and that's a different unit in recent days because of, in some regards, Jacob Pelche being a part of it. So that unit was Pelche, Dube, Andrew Mongiapani, Backland, and Hannafin. And they were very, very effective. Mm-hmm. And further to Derek's point, it's very true. Like, whether it's those guys or the guys in the first unit, five-on-five play can absolutely be enhanced by what happens and the touches you get on the power play. So the only thing about tonight that could have been better is if Jonathan Huberto scored a goal. And he had plenty of opportunities, including a last-second Breakaway opportunity that looked like Vimelka either got a toe on or Jonathan was forced on the deep to the outside of the goal post. I think they
1: counted it as a shot because he finished with nine attempts, two shots, two blocked, and five missed. I <laughs> Derek, you said it uh, sometime in the second period. He needs to get the sights adjusted. Just, you know what? Take it into the specialist. Just get those sights adjusted a little bit for Jonathan Huber, Huberto, but he was definitely But the fact it. that he's there, Pat, yeah, nine and, attempts, yep.
3: like you have to get to good spots and have the puck in order to get those kind of totals. So that was yep. That was good as well.
1: Uh, our marquee matchup tonight brought to you by Country Hills Toyota. Uh, we were looking at uh, Rasmus Anderson who played a little bit closer to his average tonight, twenty one oh three. Had the assist on... Actually, they took an assist away from him. I thought they had the... the uh, he did have one. They added a Toffoli assist as opposed to Rasmus Anderson's assist on the power play goal. So he did have an assist and then it was taken away from him when it's all said and done, but still looked a little bit more more offensively engaged, I thought, Rasmus. Yeah,
3: tonight. I thought so, too. And, you know, again, coming off of what he came off with, getting hit by a car on a scooter and being knocked out and waking up in an ambulance, scared to death, um, you know, I knew it might take some time. And there there probably is a little hesitation or different feeling, Pat, for him, maybe even, you know, in terms of body contact. But he'll get there. It's like we talked about in the pregame show. And and I I, I saw a way more him game tonight.
1: Um, let's get to tonight's save of the game. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. And Dan Vladar gets the start in net. He picks up his 12th win of the season. And his save of the game comes in period number three. Flames can't keep the puck in, though. Here come the Coyotes led by the former flame, Dalamaki. Drops the right wing side, Keller. We'll leave it for Gostespierre. Weaves his way in and shoots, and Lenar makes a nice right-pad kick save. That ends up being, when it's all said and done, one of the 11 stops made by Dan Vladar tonight, and that is his save of the game, brought to you by Shane Holmes. For every save a Flames goaltender makes, Shane Holmes makes a donation to Kids Sport Calgary. Visit ShaneHolmes.com, the better way to build. Um, Interesting game for Vladar, Derek, because you only allow 14 shots. It's uh, tough to have... um, Tough to have a high save percentage when three go in. But I actually thought Vladar, who got really unlucky on the goal we're just watching right now to make it 2-1. Uh, but I, I thought Vladar did a nice job of shutting the door at 3-1. I'm sure he wasn't happy about the 3-1 goal going in and you know the, the sequence there after Toffoli hit the post. But I give him credit. Made a couple of big stops down the stretch, even though Arizona didn't get a lot of them throughout the night.
4: The only goal that I really had a problem with was the 1-1 goal. I-, I thought he was way too deep in his net, and from a tough angle, Nick Schmaltz put the puck into the top corner, but not right into the top corner. Uh, it was probably a foot from the goal post and a foot from the crossbar, and that's one you should have. But uh, on the Clayton Keller slash Chris Tanev goal, it's tough when your own player puts the puck in your net. And then the Matthias Maselli goal, I mean, that was a breakdown inside of the defensive zone that led to uh, a rush up the ice. And Maselli took it all the way up the ice himself. And, yeah, you'd like to have that shot. But, again, if two or three or four mistakes don't happen uh, prior to that, then uh, you probably don't even give up that chance, let alone that goal. So, tough game to evaluate uh, either goaltender because uh, the shots were so lopsided. Uh, Season low uh, for Shots on goal for the Coyotes and then on the flame side of things, uh, a season high for shots for and a season low for shots against, which uh, for a team that came into this game second in the NHL in both categories uh, says something. Well, Pat, on a night where I agree wholeheartedly with Derek, it was a tough
3: night Mm -hmm. to evaluate. And again, save percentage doesn't look very good, but I point to one save. And the save was the save he made off Shane Goss' spare at 3-2 in the second period. After another Flames breakdown, he made an excellent save. The Flames transitioned and Toffoli seconds later tied the game at 3 on his 24th of the year. That was big. And I thought it even settled him in because I did think he was deep on the first one. And I thought he gave up too much room on the Michelli goal, too, where Hannafin basically backed off. He took the passer and allowed the goalie, and that, in a lot of cases, is the right way to play it. And he was a little deep that time, too. But he sure responded, and I thought he had his best work of the night. On that save, and then from there on in.
1: Really curious to see what they do now for Thursday's game in Vegas. Vladar uh, picks up the victory. They need wins. They need wins bad. Uh, and, and I'm really curious to see what they do on the second half Me too. of a back-to-back.
4: Normally I wouldn't be, guys, but one of the easier back-to-backs in the league. It's not a long trip to go from... Well, I've I've never made the trip from Tempe to Las Vegas, but uh, Arizona to Nevada is not uh,
1: hop skipping a, a long race. distance,
4: yeah, and uh, not a lot of work for Velard tonight. So uh, I'm guessing he's at least an option. Where uh, in the second half of a lot of back to backs, the guy who gets the games, uh, who guy who gets game one, would not be an option for game two. But I'm not convinced that'll be the case this time around.
1: Yeah, not sure which way they're going to go in that. Regard. I'm
4: leaning uh, the other way. but we'll see.
1: Yeah. And I, 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 I've been
3: wrong lately. I started the year on a good run, and it hasn't been quite so good. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. Ge-
1: I'm done guessing on it. I don't know what way they're going to do. I'd go Vladar again against the uh, the Golden Knights on Thursday. Don't know which way Daryl and the Flames are going to do. But if uh, I had a vote, which I don't, um, I would definitely go with Vladar once again on Thursday night in Vegas, which is a seven o'clock faceoff. Usually they're eights in Vegas, but it's a seven on Thursday night at T-Mobile Arena. Uh, one more piece of business to take care with you. Take care of with you, gentlemen. Phone lines are open at 403-240-4444 and the text line open at 960 nine60 Your phone calls and texts coming up momentarily. But right now, let's get to tonight's Player with Heart brought to you by HeartFit Clinic. Lou, which way are you going on tonight's Player with Heart? Pat, lots of great
3: options in the lineup tonight. But the guy I'm going with is Walker Dewar. Gets called up, chatted with Ryan Huska, one of my favorite chats of the year as far as pregame conversations And he talked about, in reference to Dennis Gilbert, about when you're a player who gets called up, don't be vanilla. Make an impact. Walker Dewar made an impact. And he did so from the first shift he played tonight to, by and large, the last. Mm -hmm. It helped result in his first ever NHL multi-point game. So I'm going with number 71.
1: Walker Dewar, your player with heart, brought to you by HeartFit Clinic. For HeartFit assessments and proven treatments not available at your doctor's office, visit heartfit.ca. Final score, it is Flames 6, Coyotes 3. Let's head back to Mullet Arena in Arizona here on our Flames Talk postgame show. Let's hear from the head coach, Daryl Sutter, as he just wrapped up his team's big win over the Coyotes. So, what'd you
5: what you think of that effort?
6: We won. Been really good on the road all year, and we were again tonight.
7: What'd you think of the uh, Flames fans who uh, traveled out
6: to Arizona? We always get lots of Flames fans when we come to Arizona. Did people like travel way? and people venture here. Yeah. What
8: did you think of your team's response when we were down by those two?
6: We really were down on the scoreboard, but I would say that was about as far as that went.
5: What did you uh, see from? from the kids in that third period.
6: We need our young guys to make some progress here this year. I've said it in training camp, and say it again, keep saying it, right? we a top team. We need these young guys to take another step.
5: Look, can you just talk about the energy they bring? Because it, it seems infectious. They really are. Well,
6: energy is one thing, but this is the NHL. I mean, you could go out there with energy. <laughs> that doesn't mean you could play. <laughs> it's the NHL. you got to be able to play at a high level. So.
5: Walker was, you know, instrumental in the first goal as his well. His pace
6: and his speed is makes a difference to our team, for sure.
5: And J, even on the last goal, that Made him speed. to
6: produce. Right? It's very simple to give him really good opportunities to be a good player, take advantage of it. They've done a good job.
1: There you go. Head coach Daryl Sutter short and sweet after a 6-3 victory over the Arizona Coyotes. The one thing that I will say that I think I, I am, I'm really firm on, we talked a little bit about it on the roundtable uh, on Flames Talk earlier on this Wednesday. they got to find a way, if it keeps on going the way it has, to keep Walker Dewar on the roster, and they got to find a way to keep him on that fourth line. I think that every time he's been in recently, he has made an, a noticeable impact with his speed and with the edge that he plays with. I really like come on that right side. I'm not saying permanently, but for the time being, with what we've seen from him the last number of weeks and back in the lineup after being recalled today, I'm absolutely finding a way to keep him in the lineup going forward because he, he makes a difference, guys. He just does.
3: Well, I really don't see a lot of difference in his game between him and Brett Ritchie. But what I do see is a twenty five year old who might be on the rise. And in Brett's case you probably are getting what you're gonna get, so I like it when you have an opportunity to move in a young player and not feel like you are giving anything up until um with the role that they're playing, mm-hmm. so I'm with you on that one, Patty. Let's
1: get some uh, final thoughts from you, gentlemen. Phone lines open to your phone call shortly at four zero three two four zero forty four forty four. Text line open at nine sixty nine sixty. This is your Flames talk post game show on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon. Uh, my name is Pat Steinberg, and some final thoughts from our broadcast crew before we throw it over to you. Starting with Derek Wills. Well, it's a
4: game the Flames had to have. We talked a lot about it today. They're eleven eleven and six record against teams currently out of a playoff position in the NHL that had uh, to start to improve with uh, still 12 of those games, uh, as the standings are today, uh, remaining on the schedule. 11 now, and uh, they start with a win against uh, the Coyotes tonight. And for those of you who are saying, okay, settle down, they just beat the Coyotes, who are ahead of only the Sharks, Blackhawks, Blue Jackets, and Ducks in the standings. Well, the Coyotes did come into this game with a nine-game point streak and beat some pretty good teams along the way. So it's not like uh, they haven't been some pretty good hockey. They took a 3-1 lead in this hockey game, even though they didn't deserve to have a 3-1 lead in this hockey game. And when they scored those two goals, uh, I just got to a point where I was like, is this really happening? And Clayton Keller gets credit for a goal that Chris Tanev puts into his own net, and then less than two minutes later, Tyler Toffoli absolutely wires one off the crossbar, and it leads to a rush down the ice, and Matthias Maselli beats Dan Vladar to make it 3-1. And it was three goals and eight shots for the Coyotes. I don't remember exactly how many shots the Flames had at that point in time, I think 27 or 28, and I'm just trying to wrap my head around what the heck is happening in this game and what has happened in too many games this season. And I think on my call of that 3-1 goal, I said something along the lines of someone out there has a Flames voodoo doll that a box full of pins. Well, I've been waiting for that person to run out of pins all season, and maybe it finally happened tonight. The Flames score five unanswered goals. They go three for five on the power play. Uh, season high, 51 shots for a season low 13 shots, 14 shots against. Uh, 13 guys pick up at least a point. Five guys pick up two, including a couple of rookies in Walker Dewar and Jacob Pelletier. And the Flames pick up two very important points to move to within two points of the second wildcard spot in the Western Conference. Now we see if they can pick up some much-needed momentum. I think they picked up some confidence tonight, so that's a start and uh, might help them pick up some momentum. And they've got a huge game coming up against the Golden Knights. And guys, if you look at the Pacific Division standings, it looks like the Flames are in a tough spot and might have a difficult time catching the four teams ahead of them. But you never know. you got to take it one game at a time. And uh, right now, the Flames are eight points behind the Golden Knights. But guess what? They play them three more times between now and the end of the regular season. Tonight would be a good night or tomorrow night, I should say, would be a good night to get uh, your first ever win at T-Mobile Arena and build some more confidence and momentum heading into a game against the defending Stanley Cup champions to wrap up your road trip. Pat, I think tonight should serve notice.
3: Just like the old show I used to watch when I was growing up as a kid. It's called One Day at a Time. I thought it was going to be the Jetsons. Well, I did watch a little of that, but I was partial to the Flintstones. They're in a one day at a time. So right now, take what you did, clean it, and get ready for tomorrow. And my favorite part about tonight was this team has shown a lot of dips this year, ups and downs, and games where they would not have handled the game the way they did tonight. But they knew they were better, and instead of letting two ugly ones and a two-goal deficit Despite a large advantage, they said, we believe we're going to stay with this tonight and take our chances. Clean the slate. Tomorrow's a new day. See you tomorrow, boys. Bye now. Good night.
1: Peter Labardius, Derek Wills, signing off on this Wednesday evening. Flames take a 6-3 victory over the Arizona Coyotes to kick off a three-game road trip. And look, let's be honest. I mean, they needed this one. And I don't think you can bite too hard on the offensive explosion against one of the worst teams in the NHL. But two things. The Flames have had a ton of issue winning games like this, as Monday's game against Philadelphia can attest to. And number two... You need to start somewhere to start putting some sort of a run together which is exactly what the Flames need to do. Call now 403-240-4444 Text now nine sixty nine sixty. Flames Victoria is 6-3 This is your Flames Talk post game show on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon or wherever you get your podcasts We're coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, downtown studio Worried about Radon? They install custom mitigation systems to reduce your risk. To learn more and For all things Basement D, visit dlbasementsystems.com. 6-3, your final score. This is Alpine Credits Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.
9: Hey, it's Haley Salvian from The Athletic. For a look at the latest on your Calgary Flames and NHL news, go click and subscribe to the Hockey Central 960 podcast. While you're there, please rate and
0: review the show. continue breaking down the game, plus take your calls and texts. This is the Flames Talk Post Game Show on Sportsnet 960, the fan or on demand, wherever you get your podcasts. Okay,
1: your final score from Arizona in Calgary's first ever trip to Mullet Arena in Tempe. 6-3 over the Arizona Coyotes, so unbeaten lifetime at Mullet Arena are the Calgary Flames. They got one more trip there this season, but that's a big win for Calgary. They need to pick up points against the also-rans They need to pick up points against the teams in the high 20s in the standings. And they did, despite it looking a little ugly in the second period, they did end up winning the game. So that's important. And more than anything else, they need to start putting wins points together. That's something they've struggled with doing in the last couple of months. I don't know if it's going to happen, but it needs to happen, needs to start somewhere, and uh, they do come away with a 6-3 victory this evening. Phone lines at 403-240-4444. few lines open right now. If you want to jump in and chat and uh, give your take on tonight's game or the final 24 or the final nine days until the trade deadline, all on the table for you. And the text line at 960-960, which is where we go right now on the text line. Uh, starting with Stafford and Bones. Pat, the Flames have found their identity and it's called inconsistency. Where before they would show that face game by game, now they're showing it period by period. Question, how much of Setter's dedication to structure do you think stifles the offensive creativity of his players? Um, I do think that the way this team plays sometimes, I don't want to say stifles offensive creativity, but makes it a little bit difficult for... You know, those types of things to be on display as much, especially when you've got creative offensive players adjusting. You know what? Johnny Gaudreau didn't look super creative in his first 30 or so games with Daryl Sutter when he came in. I think, I don't think Daryl stifled Johnny's creativity last year. And that's why I keep saying, Yeah, we can rag on on Jonathan Huberto all we want. And some of the criticism is warranted. Absolutely. He's soon to be a ten and a half million dollar player. And that comes with the territory. But I just wonder about the adjustment period and how a guy adjusts to being a creative, very gifted offensive player like Jonathan is and how he can mesh that with the way this coach needs his team to play. I'm really curious as to how that might manifest itself in year number two next season. This says, huge win tonight. I've been anxious to see Dewar back in the lineup, and he did not disappoint. Exciting to see him and Pelche put up some points. Pat, curious, if it's you, do you go back to Vladar tomorrow night, all day? Uh, 100%. If it's me, I'm going back to Vladar. Um, Whether or not they do, I don't know. But uh, if I'm making the call, Vladar starts against Vegas on Thursday. TJ in Sask says, uh, see, coach, this is why we want to see the young guys full of you-know-what and vinegar. Walker Dewar looked great. Jacob Pelche first ever multi-point game. Both guys first ever multi-point game and uh, both of them made a big time impact in this game. Uh, I thought Dewar looked great in his return to the lineup and uh, Pelche scores the game winner and also with a beautiful assist on the 6-3 goal uh, the backland power play goal. Uh, Patrick in Calgary says Pat they cleaned up tonight as they should. Let's see what they can do against the Knights on Thursday. A great tougher challenge second half of a back-to-back uh this says way to stick with it boys walker great game vladar regardless of the save percentage they have a better chance when they're not fighting out of the gate he didn't have the best game but a win is a win and i'm not even suggesting when i say they should go back to vladar i'm not even necessarily suggesting that i thought vladar was outstanding i thought that he did enough to win and certainly after 3-1 made some big stops as the game went along I just think you've got, I've been saying it, you've got to evaluate game by game right now. And game by game, game by game, rather, if you win, you got to stay in. And they need wins right now. Vladar won. He's got to stay in. It's the same reason I didn't have a problem with them going to Markstrom against Philadelphia on Monday. Markstrom picked up the win against the Rangers, looked good in doing so. So, yes, absolutely, I thought he should have started against Philadelphia on Monday. So, Vladar wins. Doesn't matter to me if it's a back-to-back, next to no travel. It's not like he had a huge workload tonight. So absolutely, I believe they should go back to Vladar. I don't know what they're going to do, but that's how I would do it. Uh, this from Jeff in Lethbridge. This team needs an infusion of contributing youth so badly, so it was nice to see both Dewar and Pelche play so well. Huberto and Kadri still need to pull up their socks. I understand people wondering about Sutter's possible negative influence on this team. However, players should be able to overcome this. It was said about Scotty Bowman that he was not liked all year except for when the team was lifting the cup at the end of the year. The leadership group should be able to help this team and have success with Daryl. And the only thing that I'll say about that is that I just think sometimes the uh, an adjustment to a new demanding coach, I, I, I think it can take maybe a little bit longer than maybe we would think on the outside. It's not even an excuse. I just think it is the raw facts of things. Cody says, 52-14, to 14. wow, the power play finally clicked. Crisp, quick passes with clean entries into the zone. Great to see. Young Guns, Pelche and Dewar were difference makers, battling and injecting energy into the group, leading to the well-needed two points each. Fourth line was great. Carry the momentum into Vegas. Keep it simple and play desperate. 80 should be good to go tomorrow after a 3-1 deficit. Way to battle and keep them in it. Play the hot hand, Big D. Go Flames, go. Uh, this says felt like this game is a shift in the flames mentality, not giving up when going down three, one, when Arizona only had seven shots and coming back to win six, three, but who knows what'll happen next time. I can never get my hopes up this season. And there have been a few times when the flames have done this, when, you know, things I, I can, you know, there's been a few games this year where maybe things haven't necessarily gone their way and they've been able to stick with it and come back. There's been plenty that have gone the other way as well. I don't know if this is a uh, a night where the mentality shifts or the Flames are able to build on it because we've been wondering that for 58 games now. So do I think it's going to? I have no clue. Do they need it to happen at some point very, very soon? Yes. We'll see if they can make that happen. Sam says, Pat, glad they didn't follow a similar pattern of Jenga and Crumble after falling down 3-1. Dewar was a great bolt of energy on the fourth line. Glad to see the power play connect. Now, not very many passengers tonight. And they grabbed the two points they desperately needed. Now, if you were a gambling man as they head to Vegas, who starts tomorrow? I think the smart plays Vladar, but I'm betting on Black and they go Markstrom. I don't bet on goaltending choices. That's not a cop-out, Sam. I just don't bet on Flames' goaltending choices this year anymore. But as I said, I do think they should go with Vladar. Alex, same question. Pat, given the workload for Vladar and easy travel, would you consider going back to Dan tomorrow in Vegas? And And... Those are the reasons why, yes, I would. Two of them anyway. Kind of three reasons. He won, not a heavy workload, hop, skip, and a jump travel. So three check marks as to why I'd go back to number 80. Uh, Zach says, Sutter talks about speed and pace with Dewar. Why is he playing Lucic and Lewis then? The younger, faster guys they have in the system need more time with the big club. They have the best AHL team. Can we start seeing more of them, please? Well, contract's. Play a part in it, Zach. That's number one. I don't think you should put Lewis in that conversation. Trevor Lewis has been as consistent as they come this year in his role. Lucic looked great tonight. That that line was really solid tonight. And I actually haven't minded Lucic over the last little bit. Now that he's back playing where, where I believe he's a little better slotted on the fourth line. Where I, let's be honest. Where many believe he's a little better slotted or a lot better slotted on the fourth line. So I get it. You want to see young players and all that type of stuff. I think Dewar should absolutely stay with it. Absolutely. But you know what? I don't think they need to make a massive amount of changes elsewhere. Certainly, um, certainly, in my opinion, Lewis stays in. If Lewis is good to go, if he's not hurt, Lewis is an everyday player on this team. Lucic has been, I, I think, fine of late. Um, and you know what? Dewar should absolutely stay in the lineup. I fully believe that. And and I hope that he does stay in the lineup come Thursday in Vegas. Um there you go on the text line at 96960. Lots more on the text line as our Flames Talk post game show continues. And of course on the phone lines at 403-240-4444. Few lines open. If you want to call now, would love to hear from you on this Wednesday night. Flames win 6-3 over the Arizona Coyotes. We're coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Flames Talk post games available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon or wherever you get your podcast. So call now if you want to chat and we kick things off on the Flames Talk post game show phone lines by saying hello to Eric. What's going on, Eric? Patty, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. What you think of the game tonight? Over about the win? Thought they played well. Thought they deserved it. Thought there were lots of uh, really strong individual performances. And you know what? Little boost of offensive co- confidence. No, uh, no problems there. So big win for them. They needed it. But again. It's it's time to start stringing some quality efforts together.
7: Um, okay, yeah. I Well, first of all, I completely agree. And um, I just got a couple of questions for you tonight. I'll start with the first one. Um, well, with their play over the recent um, past couple months, do you feel comfortable spending considerable assets at the deadline? If it was up to you, obviously.
1: Generally, my answer to that question is no. There are exceptions to it, um, but for the most part, my answer is is no.
7: What if it was? And I know it's a tricky game the hypotheticals, but yeah, you know, if if we do run into a situation where there is a player available to add to the future as well as now, and I know it is a bit of a gamble, but you know, what? I'm honestly of the opinion that, it, you know, Brad goes out and you know and, and, and saves the season, you know, at the beginning of the year with the trade that he made for Huberto and Weger and Schwentz in a first for Kachuk, and I think it was like a fourth. And I don't know. I just feel like this year has not gone the way we wanted it to, obviously. I mean, goaltending has been an issue with Markstrom and the consistency and all that, and the, the play of Huberto and among others. But uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is when you make all these different kinds of moves, and at the beginning of the year people are talking like you are a contender, do you think it's important to try and salvage that season with the move at the
1: deadline? Uh I don't think you need to throw bad money after good. I don't think that you need to double down on this season. Um, you know, I, I I get what you're saying. And I, I I don't think it's like, I don't think it's a, um, you know, first of all, I think all opinions welcome on this program. But I like, I think it's a well-reasoned argument, the other side of it. I just wouldn't. They've shown me nothing with four games to go until the deadline. They've showed me nothing that would suggest that, you know, this is a team that deserves to add a player that will cost a first-round pick or a top-end prospect or something like that. So I would stand pat on especially going with the high-leverage assets. Now, again, I did say there are exceptions. So, like, if they're able to find a way to, like, Jacob Chikrin, okay, that's different. Um, Even Timo Meyer, that's different. I don't think that they've got the assets to bring Meyer or Chikrin in, honestly, uh, based on what those asking prices sound like. But if they did and they did him. okay, that's a different conversation. Or somebody like that who, you know, maybe hasn't been thrown around there in trade rumors, sure. But if it's a 29-, 30-year-old guy that's going to come in and and the main reason they're bringing him in is for this year, then I'm completely against that, especially when it comes to uh, high-leverage assets. And because I, I just, I, it, it seems unrealistic to think that a guy like Meyer or a guy like Chickren would be... Acquired by the Flames. Generally, I think that holding on to your high leverage futures is the way to go. For me, I guess. And then just the let me finish. Things. Just let me finish to, yeah. to address the yeah. point on on you know why uh, your your point about you know do you want to continue committing to this season. What they did in the offseason, what Brad did in the offseason wasn't just about this year. It wasn't, this isn't the only year that he went out. You don't sign Huberto and Uyghur to eight-year deals. You don't sign Kadri to seven, to a seven-year deal if you're just focused on this year. There's more than just year, this year, and throwing away first-round picks on a year that I mean, there's a decent chance doesn't come together the way we expected it to, I just think is, is a really smart, pragmatic play.
7: Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely hard to argue against that. From
1: I, I don't know. You don't I have guess, to agree yeah. though. Like your 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 points a valid one too. Yeah, the I'm just I not there. It, I, I guess I'm scared because you know being
7: hurt in the past. And you can tell me if you think this is you know or, or you know a ridiculous sentiment or whatever. But like when it comes to the American players, like Goudreau, and Kachuk that have left. And obviously we're not in the room. I don't know what the conversations were like or how the negotiations went, but you know, you look like a a high end prospect, a blue chip guy like Coronado. And I, 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 you know, I speak for a lot of fans and I think there's at the back of everyone's mind. I, well, maybe not everyone, but I feel like there's a lot of people that, you know, would be scared of the same thing happening. The rumors that, you know, Americans don't play here. So if it was me, I, if I was Brad, and I'm a far from an NHL qualified GM, but um, I would say that I would package Coronado, and I know we're, a lot of guys with contracts are up soon, so maybe a Dubé, um, a first, and and I don't know what else. But I would try my hardest to get a guy like T. Meyer if I was Brad. But I don't
1: even time, know if that'll get it done, though, that's all.
7: I know you're saying a core piece as well, and that's why I think there's another piece that would – have to go maybe like
1: uh like the 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 ask the 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 reported ask on Chickren is the equivalent of three first round picks so two firsts and a former first round prospect that's what they're looking for for Chickren. and do you think the market worth that kind of ask though i don't know and and maybe arizona doesn't pull the trigger if if it does if they don't get what they want
7: Because you see guys like Ryan O'Reilly going, and then... Look uh, what
1: Ryan O'Reilly cost, though. Look what Vladimir Tarasenko cost. And now we're talking Meyer and Chikrin, who are guys in their 20s. I
7: mean, I get it. I do. And I like to think I'm a pretty rational guy. But at the same time, I mean, they are draft picks. They're not guaranteed. So, and when you have an established, you know... um, Star like Timo Meyer, I I don't know. I'd swing for the fences.
1: I'm not saying that they shouldn't try. I just don't think they'll get them.
7: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they. Pro- you know what? You know, what? you're probably you're probably right.
1: But otherwise, I wouldn't be giving away my first round picks.
7: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know, and I don't know who's available right now in terms of you know the you know sportsnet trade board or whatever. But um, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm just nervous with all the contracts coming to an end this year and next. Um, I, I, I just think it's like weird it's that you're still... like
1: I'm nervous, but I also want to give away first round picks.
7: Yeah, I don't know if give away. yeah, I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, I don't know if I give them away. No but I, you, you know you know like... what I mean
1: though not not give yeah, away, exactly. but trade away. Exactly. How's that? Perfect. Well, Patty, um, I've uh, thanks for the chat tonight and
7: um, say hi to Ryan Pender from Eric Dixon and uh, hope you have a great night.
1: No, I will never do that. I have no interest in saying hi to that guy. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks, Eric. No problem. Have a great night. I'm sure that I'll uh, – once, once my dry spell is done, I'm sure that um... – I will uh, imbibe with that uh, that gentleman sometime in the very near future. Uh, hey, pretty thin on the phone lines tonight. If you want to chat, following a flame. 6-3 win over the Arizona Coyotes. Yeesh, the phone lines are lit up after the Philly loss, and they're lit up after the Detroit loss. But, you know, they, they beat the Coyotes 6-3. Nobody's calling. Uh, that's fine, I, and I get it. 403-240-4444 is your phone number. You do have a chance to chat right now. Won't get a busy signal if you want to call. Follow in a 6-3 win. This is your Flames talk post game show as we welcome George following a victory. What's up, George?
10: Not much, Patty. How are you doing tonight? Good, man. Oh, that's good, my friend. Um, watching the game tonight, uh, and actually, uh, I've seen footage before of that Mullet Arena, but um, it's really weird watching like televised games around the arena because <laughs> it's so tiny and it's just so, so embarrassing,
1: light. George. Like, let's come on this it's the yeah. NHL and they're playing in front of 4600 totally people and it's not like it's not like when the flames came and played in front of 8000 at the corral when they had a new building coming we don't even know if arizona's going to get a new building this is just so in- like cool it's awesome it's a college atmosphere and they play lots of hip hop and i was loving the 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 soundtrack there um they were playing some outstanding music there but it's still—it's a college arena. It's the NHL. Like this is—I this, just—I think it's so—it's such a bad look for a league that's so worried and a commissioner that's so worried about perception, and yet he makes the—he uh, makes the exception to play in front of forty-six hundred people in some market that he just will not let go of. Anyway, we don't need to get into Mullet Arena and and. I think it's cool. The atmosphere has been fun, and they've got all the sellouts. But come on, it just—it—it it, it makes the league look silly. I think.
10: Oh, I totally agree. To me, it's unacceptable. When I when I went to Arizona actually a few months back, or um, I get in November, um, I actually met a person who's a student at that uh, university. And it's funny how like it's—it's it's so hard to get tickets, obviously because there's limited seats, and if you're a college student, you have first dibs. And anyway, it's unacceptable, but. I do miss from going to uh, watch the Flames play in in prior uh, prior games when they played at that it was called the Jobbing.com Arena at the time. I don't know what it's called now, but really, it's too bad that they're not in the arena because it, it was a pretty cool arena. And the, the 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 Phoenix to Vegas trips is an awesome trip. Like I I recommend it to any hockey fan, especially if you're a Flames fan. If the Flames are ever on that Vegas to Arizona road trip, it's it's a really fun trip to do. It's it, driving is like four hours. It's
1: yeah, not, it's for nothing. sure. Yeah, you go uh, it's for awesome. sure. Anyway, what are we
10: talking yeah. about tonight, George? Well, tonight we're gonna to talk about the youngsters, Patty, because I need something to get excited about in this uh this letdown of a season. So, um I'm just gonna fire off some really simple questions to you. The first one being is do you think NH uh, sorry, do you think at this point uh Jacob Pelci is an everyday NHL? Uh
1: so far he has been, I think, but I I'm not ready to um I'm not ready to, to make the definitive statement that he's here to stay all year just because you need to, you need to keep seeing it. But so far, and what has he played? Uh, he's now played 12 games. He keeps on earning the next game. So am I ready? Do I think he will be a full-time NHLer? Yeah, it's a, I, I'm quite certain he will be at some point. Do I think that he is 100% right now? Um, no, but I think he's moving in that direction, which is good.
10: Okay, do you think Walker Dewar is an everyday NHLer? I
1: think I'm a little closer to saying yes with him, and the only reason I say that is is role-related, because I think that Walker Dewar is an everyday right-side, fourth-line guy. I'm pretty close to saying, yeah, 100%.
10: I'm there with you. Actually, Walker Dewar...
1: Now, I'm not quite there. Cases. I want to keep seeing it. But again, I think both guys have earned the, the next game. And and I think for the time being, until Walker shows us differently, they need to find a way to keep him on the roster, even when guys start getting healthy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
10: I agree. That's where I was going. The comment you made about trying to find a way to keep him on the roster, right now I'm there. Because it's nothing against Brett Ritchie. Brett Ritchie has done some good things for this team this year. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but... Right now in that role, I think Rock, Walker Dewar currently, like in the present, has been more impactful. So I'm with you 100% there. And then what have you thought of Dennis Gilbert in playing so, so far?
1: Yeah, he's been good. I mean, for for what he's being asked to do, he's stayed within himself um, and, and has just played like the way he can play uh he played 16 40 in this game today which is that that if you can get those type of minutes from him going forward that's even better but even if he's down around 12 or 13 um if he can just give you some physicality like he has be kind of simple and straightforward defensively in his checking game, and and one thing that you like about Gilbert's game is that uh, he does not spend a lot of time with the puck on his stick. He he gets it and he moves it, and that's important too, especially for a guy who is is trying to fit into a team that you know they're they're not the fleetest of foot. So their speed comes from the way and the speed that they move the puck. And I think Gilbert's been strong at that so far. So Gilbert's got a real opportunity in front of him because I don't think Stone's coming back anytime soon. I think he's out here for a little while. Um, so because of that, Gilbert's got himself an opportunity. He's got himself an opportunity to even alter Calgary's trade deadline plans or alter Calgary's uh, off-season plans in terms of the way they look. Um, the way that they, they, they kind of look at their blue line. So, so far, so good for Gilbert. I've been a big fan of his.
10: Me too. And that's uh, I, that's the hope for me as well, Patty. I hope that that's the case and that he solidifies his, his position where he is right now because, quite frankly, I don't want this team to be buying anything at all. I, I just don't see the point. They just need to stick with what's going on. If they're able to offload some pending UFAs and get something for them, fine. If not, this whole selling thing – it's a it's a fantasy. It would be nice, but you're selling what the position they're in. There's no point. Like they're not going to rebuild, so sell what you know what I mean. And and I've heard people talking about trading Zadorov, which is kind of interesting. And and I get that point. But All also- I would say to
1: that is is the way things have gone. If somebody calls and is going to knock your socks off with a Zadorov trade offer, I just think you know you probably wouldn't have even entertained it prior to the season or as the years going along and all that type of stuff. But now with where you are, you're firmly outside of a playoff spot right now. And the team in front of you has played fewer games I just I don't think you can completely write it off. If it's not a great trade then sure. It's but if all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, you what, you're offering a first-round pick for Zadorov?" Well, okay, let's talk. And and we know that trade prices get crazy during deadline time. And it's all about keeping up with the Joneses if you're a team that feels like they they have eyes on a long run. So I just don't think you should say no to things like that if somebody comes calling i'm not saying you should be actively shopping i just think you should be a little less quick to hang the phone up
10: oh i agree on that front because the door off to in the offseason would be easier to replace and say it's a foley And foley i wouldn't do unless it was a blow away offer just because for what he's making to like been he's been less let's let's say what it is he's been great for this team like especially for what he's making So, like, you get rid of a guy like that, even if he's got a year left after this after on his contract, how are you replacing that? Especially on a team that, like, is desperate for goal scoring right now, right? So that's the only reason why I'm not selling off to Foley unless, again, someone gives you – makes you an offer you can't refuse. Mm -hmm. That's a different – you know, that's a different story. So that's all I got tonight, my man. It it was good talking to you, and uh, hopefully we'll talk tomorrow night after the Vegas game and let's see where this thing goes.
1: Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Thanks, Georgie.
10: All right, buddy. Take
1: care. Uh, phone lines, 403-240-4444 on this Wednesday night. Flames win 6-3 over the Arizona Coyotes. You're locked on Flames Talk game. Phone lines are open. Text line remains open at nine sixty nine sixty. Peter is up next. What's going on, Peter?
8: How you doing, buddy?
1: Good. Good to hear from you. It's been a while.
8: I haven't talked to you all year. I've been stunned over losing those two guys.
1: It was a stunning offseason.
8: But, oh, man. And I mean, as much as everybody's mad at Johnny, we got nobody that can pass like him and get guys in the open. He, he, I just, I just broke my heart to see him go. You know. And as far as guys taking time to adjust to the lineup, we just watched the World Juniors. They had two weeks to get used to each other, and they did.
1: So, yeah, I don't really you know, think that you. I don't really think you can compare the two, play. man. I really don't. Um, well, system's a system. I just right I du I, I, with all of what goes into it I don't really think you can compare them I don't I and I I just. I feel like because everybody in the World Juniors are are doing that, everybody's coming together in a two-week span. I don't, I don't think they're comparable. I really don't. And you can call it an excuse about adjustment time, and maybe, maybe we're completely off base. I just think we got to wait until next season to see exactly what this group is is
8: all about. We're gonna say next season. Wait till next season. We've been saying it for a long time. When's the last time we were in the third round of the playoffs?
1: Uh, 2004 I mean, was the last time they were in the third round.
8: That's a long time, buddy.
1: I don't really... I, coming I don't, up to I don't, 20 I don't years It doesn't, it doesn't really change. That doesn't change round. my point, though. Like I, It doesn't change the validity of what I'm saying in my eyes.
8: Yeah. Now, what's the deal on Dustin Wolf? Is he an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year? No. He's got another, is he an RFA? Uh,
1: They've got tons of team control on Wolf. He won't be UFA for a while.
8: I know, but he's good enough that he feels he probably should be playing the NHL, and there's a lot of people think the same way.
1: He's under contract for next year, um, and then he's RFA after that, and I don't think there's any reason to be talking about bringing him up to the main group right now. Um, well, he, goal, he's I mean, a 21 year old goaltender, and this league eats up and spits out young goaltenders, and it has done so even more in the last 10 years. It kills careers so I I am all for keeping Wolf in the American League this year most of next year like if there is one guy not to rush it's Wolf
8: well yeah the last guy I can remember that came up young at the end of a season was Ken Dryden
1: and that wasn't a mistake yeah that was also in the 70s
8: no, well, I'm an old man.
1: I'm not. That's uh, not. That's not a shot at your age. I'm just saying, It's just like it's sad, so that was 40 years, 40 plus years ago. Like I, I don't know. Like it's not really a comparable yep, thing and, for and, me.
8: And I was almost 30 then.
1: So, <laughs> but, uh,
8: but yeah, I mean, I'd hate to lose Wolf. And I mean,
1: you're not. But they're not going to lose him, man. Like they're. they're he's I'm, under team control for years.
8: If you can get Timo Meyer for Wolf, do you trade him?
1: Depending on what the rest of the trade looks like, sure.
8: Well, you're going to get Wall. you're going to get team Meyer, but is team Meyer how old is he? I think he's twenty six. No, he's got ten good years, and I mean, we don't know that if Wolves going to handle the the next step. You know, and he probably should. He's a good goalie.
1: He is a great he goalie. He's a great prospect. Yeah. He he might Absolutely. be their best prospect, which is he why is I don't want prospect. them to rush him.
8: No. No, but I mean, from how many shuttles did we last year? 11? What do we got this year? Zero?
1: Zero this year.
8: Uh, unbelievable how we could fall apart like that. And we added defensive players. Yeah. You know, in, in uh, supposedly Kadri and Huberto and Weaver, we, we were, were supposed to tighten up our D.
1: But well the, their defense the is actually minutes. like in terms of the amount of chances they're giving up and that type of stuff. I mean they're they're one of the best in the league in terms of that stuff, but a couple of things, the the timing of their big time breakdowns has been very very suspect and they have not gotten good goaltending uh, as a group this year. Uh they're they're one of the worst save percentages, team save percentages in the NHL.
8: Are we ever going to see
1: Shillington? What's that? Are we ever going to see Shillington back? Uh, maybe next season.
8: No, no, no. Fifty-fifty, or what's the odds
1: for next season? I mean, I, I wouldn't even. I, I, I would feel irresponsible even handicapping next season. My guess is this year is probably a write-off, though.
8: Yeah, well, yeah, for sure. Kind of late now. I mean, and that's we need a couple of skaters. We get. I mean, Pelkey is a great skater. Great skater. He's young, but, I mean, we don't have guys that can fly. No, that's not the strength of this team. No, no, but there's lots of teams that have guys that can fly. What's that? There's lots of teams that do have guys that can fly. Oh,
1: for sure. I'm not saying there's not. I'm just saying that's not the strength of this team.
8: No, no. Well... Minnesota's ahead and is ahead, right? For the wild card spots?
1: Uh it's Edmonton and Minnesota in the wild card okay, spots. Okay,
8: yeah. Uh, so and Edmonton, I think, is close to LA in points, aren't they? Tied with teams in hand difference?
1: Uh LA is ahead of Edmonton right now. Um it goes in the Pacific, it goes Vegas seventy three, LA seventy, Seattle and uh, LA seventy one rather, Seattle and Edmonton seventy.
8: Right. So the closer we get to those guys the more they're going to be on the phone. The closer we get to trade deadline, the higher the price is going to go.
1: A couple of guys have already been... It doesn't really matter that, like, I don't think the prices are going to go up or down at this point. We're we're essentially eight days away now.
8: I hope we don't go and add another depth defenseman. We need to get somebody that can pass and get guys open for one-timers. We're not getting near the one-timers we got last year. I mean, Lindholm was in front of the slot all last year, and just he couldn't miss a net, and he he scored forty goals.
1: Yeah, they had look. I mean, Pete, they had a they had the most dominant regular season line in the league last year. Uh, Absolutely. So they don't have that this year.
8: No, I know, and I, that's why I haven't called all year. I've been really <laughs> disappointed. We've been took a big step backwards. But let's hope that something comes out of somewhere. I mean, I'd like to get Timo Meyer. Or somebody like that, but you know, LA's looking at him, and you know, sounds like sounds like and and
1: it sounds like the teams to watch for for Meyer are Carolina, New Jersey, and St. Louis. Those are the teams that sound like they're the front runners for Meyer. St.
8: Louis will probably have money freed up to do it. Well, they just traded O'Reilly,
1: so they will. Pete, Pete, I got I got to move on, my friend. But it's good to hear from you. Hey, all right, I'll keep listening. We got to
8: start winning some games. What do we need? Seventeen and eight to get to the playoffs.
1: I, I don't know exactly what it is. If they could get, uh, they've got 28 points left on the table. Uh, sorry, 48 points left on the table. Good math. But they've got 48 games left on the table, 48 points left on the table. If they could get 30 of the next 48, t- between, say, 29 and 32 of the next 48, I think that they will be right there fighting for yeah. it to the very end. But we'll see. Peter, i got to move on. Okay, buddy. Thanks, pal. Uh, good to hear from you again. One more call before we head back inside the Flames locker room. Phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. Text line open at 960-960. Let's hear from Travis on our Flames Talk post game following a 6-3 win over Arizona. What's up, Trav? Hey, Pat. What's up? You
11: ready for me to drive you crazy? Or-
1: I, you know what? Whenever I see Travis and a 780 area code on my call screen, I, uh, I brace myself. Yeah.
11: Yeah, you take a big drink, of, a big drink of water. Oh, I, you know what? No,
1: I, I, uh, I take three deep breaths and I meditate.
11: <laughs> nice, but um, yeah, like uh, so I know everyone says don't buy, don't buy, don't buy, but imagine if we didn't get Toffoli last year, where this team would be. Toffoli's one of one of our best players
1: all year. Absolutely, and I was all for them getting Toffoli last year. They were in a different spot though.
11: No, I know, but, but it's not always just about this year. Like, Again,
1: as I've said, Trav, even when you and I have gone back and forth on this, I think there are exceptions to saying don't buy, and there definitely are exceptions for me in that regard. But I just think going out and getting another guy like Toffoli, who is he was 29 he's 30 now they don't need guys they don't need more guys straddling 30 if they can get if they can go find okay. a guy at this deadline that's 25 24 26 and and that can be a part of it going forward then sure i think that's a different conversation i just don't think that guy is realistic at the deadline for the flames
11: could i ask you on a plan i know he's not a right shot but he does play left wing right wing um brock besser no i'm just kidding um <laughs> <laughs> Pavel David? Uh, what about him? I think he plays left and right. Shot. He's a left shot. He's a I three, I would so. be
1: absolutely stunned if St. Louis moved him.
11: Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, but I, I mean, I
1: if that I, guy was available, one like that—that's a—that's an absolutely one for me. But I don't um, think I don't yeah, think I think St. Louis looks at him as as part of the core going forward. That's fair.
11: Um, but yeah, no, that's just kind of a player I like. But you know, maybe there's other players that I can't think of. That well, I mean, really, the two guys
1: that. that are of that ilk at this deadline, at least from what the scuttle buddies out there, the two guys are Meyer and Chickren.
11: Yeah, and you know, if you could bring Chickren in, he's got a low cap, hit. I know you gonna. I'd be all
1: for that assets. if they could. If they could bring Chickren in, yes, absolutely. But again, I don't know if they've got the assets to do it to beat out another team that's that's interested in him. That would be my worry.
11: So you don't think, like a Coronado,
1: Wolf? Not if LA is offering some of their prospects. Not like I just. I I think there are other teams with better assets. That that to me is the problem. Now that can always change, but I just I I worry about that. That's all.
11: Yeah, that's always. um, Yeah, no, that's fair. That, that's pretty normal, I think, for us. <laughs> um, um, it's nice to see the young guys get in the lineup, It's you know, everyone says, oh, Daryl never gives young guys a chance. Well, has played 13 games. Dewar's been called up a few times, so, you know, I, I think that's not always the truth to it. I know it's a little bit harder to crack the lineup, but um Peltsy has definitely done a good job. To try I think, to stay in the I, and I
1: also think it's it's also a little harder for a younger player to stay in the lineup, and they get they get a little less leash than veteran guys do.
11: Um. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, why would you go back to Lodi? You wouldn't go to Mexico. It's a back to back.
1: I don't. Like, I. And I, this is not. This is not being. Flippant or rude to you, but I don't care. Like it's they need wins. Vladar faced fourteen shots. There's no travel. He picked up the win. To me, in my eyes, it's a no-brainer that he starts. I don't know what they're gonna do, but if I'm making the call, I don't even lose a wink of sleep over it.
11: Um, and yeah, so, so this team too. Like the only reason I and I am kind of bouncing around, and but. The reason I, I just want this team to have a goal score they've had 30-some one-goal games. The power play hasn't been that great. So I just think like they're just missing that little bit of offense. They, you know, they get their
1: I just don't think it's a little up. bit, that's all. I, I and, and that's why and and I'm sure people will be like, stop cutting Trav off, but it's uh, you and I well, cut no, each other off you, you and I you like we we've got a good rapport, so we cut each other off, and we go back and forth, and we've had this conversation a bunch. I just don't think they're unless it's a clear elite core guy, I just don't think one guy I don't your guy's better, right? I don't think that he moves the needle that much. Meyer, different um, story.
11: Yeah, but, like they, they should be all in for a younger guy like Kamai or Chicken for sure. And I know you're saying that as well. So I, I just don't see why not with our with our reputation of first round pick drafting and overall drafting. I, I mean, think you were just a,
1: you were just singing Pelche's praises though.
11: Yeah, it takes time, but but we don't have a lot of those stories. And it is a, it is a like like you still have to hit on the pick, right? At this point, it's going to be a middling pick. So you still have to hit on that pick. I think we've done well in some later rounds, and we've done well, I guess, in the top ten, even though most of those players, if any, are with the franchise anymore. Um, but but I don't think we've done that well in the later first round picks. I well, we'll
1: see, what, there, we'll see what we'll see what Pelche ends up being, and we'll see what um, Coronado and Zeri end up being. Yeah, I know that's fair. And, and one
11: last one, I'll let you go. Yeah. Um, you know coronado i i just and and obviously there's nothing to back this up but i just be so scared with this franchise and american I players i get it you know like like we've lost johnny we've lost Kitchuk, fox like imagine if fox was on this team fox and hamilton like that that stack we lost many of these players No, they, they wouldn't have lindholm play. or
1: Hannafin if if fox no, and- no
11: that's fair but well, would you rather have Lindholm and Addison or Foss and Dougie Hamilton?
1: <laughs> uh, you mean I? I uh, it's <laughs> it's kind of six and one, half dozen another. Uh, it felt like it was time. Ty- I mean, Dougie requested a trade, so you no, know, I know, it was, I, So it kind of it kind of is a, a it's it's a little bit cherry picking because once Dougie requests a trade, it kind of it kind of changes things.
11: Yeah. It's just a shame that Fox didn't want to play for this franchise. Cause no, and I get Manny I get the
1: apprehension on Coronado. I do know that they've made some overtures, and um, I do know that they have you know started the process in trying to get him to sign for this year. I, I believe that's happening or has happened, and and we'll see.
11: What do you think Coronado's ceiling is uh, as an NHL the second line?
1: Yeah, I think shooter, I or? think kind of like a mm, a top six scoring winger is probably what his his ceiling is. Is that what Zary
11: would be, too, for this franchise?
1: I see him as... I, I think Coronado's got maybe a little bit more high-end offense. I see Zary more as a middle six, either center or winger. I see Coronado with more top six potential.
11: Thanks, Fadi, man. You're always doing a great job. Thanks, Hope Trav. Right.
1: Hope, yeah. Talk soon, buddy. You didn't You didn't drive me crazy at all today. Uh, <laughs> again, Trav and I, we go way back. We're allowed to go back and forth with one another. Uh, okay if you're on hold, stay there. Uh, Phone lines remain open at 403-240-4444. Got a few people on hold. Stay there. We'll get to you in the next few minutes. Absolutely. Texts continue to come in at 960-960. Back to the text line shortly. And call us at 403-240-4444. Got some open lines if you want to uh, avoid the busy signal. Give us a call right now. Flames win 6-3 over the Arizona Coyotes. Our Alberta-made player of the game in this game brought to you by Wild Rose Brewery was Michael Backlund. Pretty solid night for Backlund. Another goal for him. He played 16-17. Had four shots and five attempts. One hit, one giveaway. Win seven for 15 in the faceoff dot. He was who we selected pregame as our Alberta-made player of the game. The game-winning goal off the stick of Jacob Pelche. He has his first ever NHL game winner. He adds an assist later in the third period, so he has his first ever NHL multi-point game. Let's hear from Jacob Pelche post-game after a big 6-3 win over Arizona. Well, congratulations first of all. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank
5: you. Tell me about the the goal in the third period.
12: Yeah, uh, you know it was a big PP for us, and uh, I've been kind of practicing at the at the end of the practice to try to tip box like like backs. So uh, it was it was good shot by uh, uh, Noah and yeah score.
5: Tell me about the, the mood in this room going into that third period. That was a very important period for you guys.
12: Yeah, I mean uh, it's it's do or die game for us. So you uh, know we have probably like 40 shot after like two. So uh, I think it, it it was just to kind of keep uh, going and yeah.
7: We know you and Walker coming up from the American Hockey League, have found ways to contribute to the team. Can you describe what it's been like to contribute with Walker and especially in a game like tonight, where you guys were able to get the game winning goal and go ahead?
12: I mean, he's he's been good. Uh, You know, for us, uh, I think he played six games so far and uh, he had like three goals and and assists. So uh, I think we uh, we just kind of try to keep our our, uh, things simple and uh, things are kind of working for us.
7: Do you have the puck for the game winner?
12: No no i don't <laughs> the uh,
5: the pressure to to produce is something your coach keeps talking about. He's saying you're here to produce and that's it. get points uh, you feel that pressure
12: it's not pressure i mean here uh if if he, he, you want to win he, you you have you have to score goals right so for me in you know, order to play with with nice and u b uh I think for a line we, we kind of have to produce more uh you know uh for me also i think uh was, that, that was my 12th game tonight, I think. So uh, yeah, it's like to be comfortable, but I think now it's time to to kind of s- step up and score goals.
7: Can you describe the assist on the Michael Backlund goal
1: where you hustled into the offensive
12: zone? Yeah, I was like, uh, I think the Deke kind of took a step on me and then he fell back. So I, I try to put it to Manj and Manj kind of uh, fend on it. And then he came back to me and, and I saw backs on the back door. So I, I just uh, put uh, put uh, the puck there. And, yeah.
13: You guys are out shooting a team like that and just not getting What's the mood like?
12: How do you work through that? Well, I think in second, we missed like two or three uh, g- great A's. So uh, I think Raz, you know, hit the knob. And uh, I think it's, it's just, you know, to keep g- going and, and keep sh- shooting the puck. And uh, after that, uh, I think we score like two, two, two kind of quick goals. And yeah.
5: What's the mood like on the bench when you're down 3 1?
12: Well, I don't know they score like too too quick again so uh the boys were like let's go boys keep keep going and yeah
1: There you go. Jacob Pelche's first ever NHL multi-point game. He scores the game winner and adds an assist in a 6-3 win over Arizona. And right with him, uh, his buddy Walker Dewar also picks up his first NHL multi-point game. A primary assist in the first period. And then a big insurance goal 25 seconds after Pelche's game winner. Let's hear from Walker Dewar inside the locker room as well. Your
13: thoughts on that game
14: um. Yeah, I thought we came out uh, strong there. Uh, the first period went by pretty quick. Not many whistles or anything like that. And um, uh, yeah, I thought we battled all game. And then in the third period, we kind of just took control there. There
13: have been some close games for you guys heading into the third. What was like, sort of the, the mood like heading into this, one, really needing
14: these two points. Yeah, like you said, we, we knew we really needed these two points, and we had to come out. Um, this was the biggest period of the year, the third that per- third period there. So um, kind of just focus on our game plan and uh, try to execute it. Can
5: you take a game for you with the two points? How do you feel about your
14: contribution? Yeah, it's always good to uh, contribute there, um, whether it's on the score sheet or off with my game. So, um, yeah, I feel good to help out the team.
5: When uh, Jacob gets a goal or gets a point, uh, he loses his mind. You you uh, seem a lot calmer. Yeah. Uh, is that just a, a facade?
14: Yeah, maybe I was just surprised they went in. I don't know for myself, but... Uh, yeah, and I, I just remember I almost took out the ref there, so I was just trying not to hurt him there. But, um, yeah, Peltz, that's just Peltz's personality, right? He's a fun guy to be around, and when he scores, he that's just his true self there, so, yeah, it's cool to see for him.
5: How do you describe your role? I mean, they talk about the young guys in this room coming to provide energy and spark, is that, is that the way you see it?
14: Um, yeah, come in and just kind of play my game, listen to the coaching staff and what they – what they want from me and kind of just provide that spark and that that energy and just try to um, play to the best I can.
1: There you go. That's Walker Doer post game. He picks up his first multi-point game in the NHL. So does Jacob Pelche. Flames win six three over the Arizona Coyotes. It's your Flames talk post game show on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Worried about radon? They install custom mitigation systems to reduce your risk. To learn more and for all things basementy, visit dlbasementsystems.com back into the Flames locker room for the final time tonight Elias Lindholm with a big night he has a goal and an assist his secondary assist on Tyler Toffoli's goal in the second period was also Lindholm's 500th career NHL point he becomes the third player of the 2013 NHL draft class to reach 500 behind Alexander Barkov and the leading scorer from that draft Nathan McKinnon here's Elias Lindholm post game following a big win over Arizona how does it feel to get the accomplishment, 500
13: career points? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously, uh, you know, going into the league, you, you don't dream about certain numbers, and uh, you just want to play a couple games and 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 but uh, you know, a series so on, and, and you know, you get the role you have, and and you know, uh, you know, time just flies, and, and uh, I had it, but uh, you know, uh, obviously, it's just a number, uh, nothing more to it, really.
5: Talk about that third period. We're saying it was the most important third period of the season. Did you see it the same way?
13: Yeah, we were talking in here before. Uh, you know, um, we said the same thing. Uh, our season is uh, on the line here, and, and you know, we need uh, very important points every night. And um, and uh, you know, we played a solid game, all the game, and, and stuck with it, and, and got results.
7: Up until that third period, we had seen obviously you guys limit chances, get almost forty, ch- 40 chances on your own. Uh, so many things that we've seen throughout this entire fighting season. Did it feel like that to you guys? where you guys got a, pretty much a microcosm of your season in one game?
13: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I said, I think um, overall we had a good game. Uh, you know, even when we we're down 3 uh, 1, you know, uh, there's some nerves going on there. Um, you're thinking a lot, and, and uh, obviously we stuck with it and, and you know, kept playing, uh, kept playing the same way. And, and, uh, Sooner or later, we're going to go in, you know, uh, with a lot of chances, a lot of shots and, and uh, stuck with it. So uh, it was a good game. How How t- go, go ahead.
0: Sorry,
5: can you talk about what those kids brought in that third
13: specifically? No, it was huge. I think, uh, you know, obviously Pelts get a, a piece of it there in front and then um, uh, walks, um, made a nice move there. And, uh, you know, uh, like I said, uh, they bring a lot of energy. Uh, I thought our fourth line tonight was uh, really good for us and brought a lot of energy some gave us some boost and... and uh, you know, I thought everyone contributed, uh, contributed tonight.
7: Can you describe how important it is to see guys like Pautier and other young players in the lineup contribute?
13: No, he's been awesome for us. You know, he's uh, he, he he brings a lot of energy, even on the bench. He's, uh, you know, positive and, and stuff like that. So, you know, we like him a lot, and, and uh, obviously it's good to see uh, those guys get uh, rewarded. Elias
1: Lindholm, postgame in Arizona. A couple of points for him and a 6-3 win over the Coyotes. Uh, Let's head back to the text line for the final time this evening. Lots to get to at 960-960. Here's Ethan in High River. Uh, everybody always makes such a huge deal about players scoring in their 600, 700, or 800th NHL game, but nobody's making a big deal about Tanev's goal in his 700th career game. Biased media. Um, obviously, he's joking. a little laughy face there. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm glad to see Tanev got an assist on the doer goal, uh, and I'm glad to see that the Flames came back and won the game because, look, when you're a defenseman who plays hard minutes like Tanev does you're probably going to have once a year, once every two years type thing. You're going to put one into the back of your net. You're going to, it's just going to, it it was not a bad play from Tanev. It just was bad luck. And so, yeah, he's going to kick himself. You never want to do it. But when you're a top four defenseman playing big minutes, it is inevitable that you will put a puck into your own net. And it happens to everybody. It did tonight. Didn't phase the flames, and I'm glad to see that. Uh, Ethan goes on, all seriousness, all seriousness though, uh, Tanev's a gamer. We love him and his pugs. Good to see the team pick up some much-needed points and provide some offense, and congrats to Chris Tanev for playing in his 700th NHL game tonight. Um, this from John and Cochran. Pat, I never played the game as I grew up in another country and don't know if it's feasible, but how long would it take to teach Walker Dewar to be a defenseman? Um no i, I he's he'd, he'd be a forward for the rest of his career uh it's just he's played it his entire life and and um, he, he's his skill set his straightforward uh, and his straightforward speed in a straight line um, would would I, I think it translates um, best to be in a forward and I think he's a really good fit John as a right side um as a right-side, fourth-line winger for, for the foreseeable future. I've liked a lot of what I've seen from Walker Dewar so far. This from TJ in Strathmore. Nice to see the Flames rebound, but short-lived. Three games versus Vegas. Two in their rink where they have not won in. Not optimistic for obvious reasons. Vegas could be the new Anaheim mystique. Um... P.S. Wolf maybe a diamond in the rough. Forget the psychological factor. Let's see him play. Stop playing doctor. I'm not playing doctor. I just don't think you rush a, a 21-year-old goaltender to the NHL. TJ, I'm not playing doctor. I'm playing I've seen the stupid league for long enough destroy young goaltenders. Don't rush this guy. Do everything in your power not to rush this guy. They've got a goalie with a no move clause, and they've got a goalie who's been winning games for him. Dustin Wolf doesn't need to be on the team right now. I agree. I disagree completely uh, on that front, TJ. We don't need to see him play in the NHL. Keep him in the American League for as long as he needs, and then add a little bit to it. I am completely against rushing a guy like Wolf. I really am. Um,. What else we got here? This from Dustin in Victoria. Pat, good game tonight. Can we have a little appreciation talk about 29? He's been unreal. He's been great of late. Agree completely. Two more points for Dylan Dubé. That talk about extending him this summer just intensifies. I would sign him to a long-term deal this summer. Absolutely. Um, you know, six, seven, eight years, I'd be all over it on the Dubay front. Uh, this from Gary in Calgary. Really like Dewar's game. Where did he come from? Draft AHL. They signed Walker Dewar uh, as an undrafted free agent coming out of his time at Minnesota State. Uh, so he played four years at Minnesota State, and they signed him out of that season. Uh, he went to the Stockton Heat to finish off the... Bizarre bubble season. Then he played most of last year with Stockton. This year he's played 10 games in the NHL and, sorry, nine games in the NHL and 41 in the American League. That's where he came from. Signed him as an undrafted college free agent at the end of that bubble 2021 season. Uh, This says they dominated that game, Patty. Now they just need to play that way for the remaining games. Question, how would you feel about selling on Coleman? I know his contract situation, and I'm a fierce supporter and defender of his game, but hear me out. Dallas is a contender, and teams win cups. By paying a first-round pick for Coleman would help with the cap situation next off season two if i got an unreal deal for pretty much anybody on this team like if somebody's uh, somebody's willing to give a great price and and pay a steep price for a player i wouldn't be hanging up that's that's how i would phrase it especially for your guys who are kind of in and around the 30 or 30 and up range so would i be shopping him no if somebody comes calling i wouldn't be hanging up is what i would be how i would answer that one um This from Chris. Fourth line got them the win tonight. First line has to be the difference maker in Vegas. Fair point. Um... This from Walshie in Strath Vegas. Sup, Pat, when Pelche scored to put the Flames up in the third, that was the first time in weeks I've seen a Flames player show true emotion after scoring a goal. Excited and like it meant something. The older players even tonight look disinterested after goals. Need more of that emotion. That's from Walshie. Uh, I will say that when Backlund scored his goal on Monday to make it 2-1, he uh, gave a pretty solid celebration. But yes, Pelche, that, uh, that was a pretty cool celly once again. Um, this says, from Brad, explain to me how it takes them 50 shots, the Flames to take 50 shots to score six, and Arizona six to score three. I don't get it, and it's just not tonight's game. Um, I mean, it's two things. Number one, on why it takes a lot of shots for the Flames to score, that's just who they are. It it takes them a lot of volume and a lot of pucks towards the net for things to go in that is just how it's been and i think will continue to be this season as for arizona couple of breakdowns you know the power play goal that maybe vladar wouldn't would have liked back one goes into their own net off a Tanev stick um that was more circumstance for me than anything else, and good on the Flames to uh, stick with it. Uh, what else we got here at 960-960? Flames winning an NHL game with a 786 save percentage is perhaps the most bizarre hockey statistic I've ever seen. That's very fair. Uh, great stuff at 960-960. As uh, always, awesome to hear from you on the text line. And we get back to the phone lines for the final time. Four more calls before we wrap things up on our Flames Talk post game show tonight night 6-3 your final score flames over the coyotes Flames talk available on apple spotify google amazon or wherever you get your podcasts my name is pat steinberg let's head to gary as we get back to the phone lines right now what's going on gary
15: thanks for taking my
1: call pat of course
15: yeah i just want to go over three or four things get your opinion on them sure do you think they should put receipts and richie on waivers to see if somebody might claim them and help on the cap situation
6: um,
1: I don't think you have to necessarily do that right now. Uh, I don't, th- I think it would be poor roster management to do it with Ruzicka, Um, and I don't think you have to do that with, with Richie right now.
15: Cause I think they should keep, uh, Dewar Walker and Pellashe for the rest of the season. So...
1: Unless unless they start to show you otherwise, I, I mean, yeah. I, I don't think there's any reason to be talking about sending them down. I'm with you there, Gary. And I I, I, I think that, you know, keeping Pelche on the roster makes sense. He's not waiver eligible. So if he does, neither guy, uh, Dewar or Pelche, has to clear waivers. Um, so if, if they do fall off, it's easy mm-hmm. for them to go back to the American League. But, you know, what? everything we've seen suggests they're not going to fall off or they haven't as of yet. So keep them on the team. I'm with so you there. That mean I just that, don't think uh, you, you need to, you're just not in a spot right now where you have to, because of the IR situation with Stone, uh, you don't have to go waivers anytime soon with anybody.
15: Okay. Uh, has Fedar ever played a game in Vegas?
1: Off the top of my head, I believe the answer to that question is no, but I'll just quickly go check for
15: it. Okay. Because I think he should get the start. I do too. Tomorrow. I do too. Uh, because n- nobody's been able to win a game in Vegas, right? No goaltender.
1: Well, no, the Flames have never won in Vegas.
15: that That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I don't see why he couldn't play back-to-back, because Markstrom's played back-to-back games this year, hasn't he? Yep.
1: I believe so. Yeah. Um, and by the way, no, he's, uh, he has played against Vegas, but he's never, in played, Calvary, in, he's never played in Vegas. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I'm going back to Vladar against the Golden Knights. I don't know what the Flames are going to do, but, uh, but I certainly would be.
15: Okay. Now, another thing, to get Timo Mir, would you give up the following? <laughs> Dube, Coronado, Zeri, and that little guy that uh, Sutter says is too small. What's his name?
1: Matthew Phillips.
15: Yeah. Would you give up those four, a first and a third this year, and a second round next year for Timo Meyer? Uh, I mean, I, 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 I think it's a decent
1: offer. I think you could probably. I I think that you could probably take. Phillips out of the equation. Uh, okay. I, I, so the prospects would be Zeri and Coronado, and then you had three first-round picks. You said Zary Coronado, Dubé, and, Dube, and Dube. three picks. Dubé, um, Coronado, I, I think, and Zary. I don't know if I would do that. That's a little too much for me. Too much?
15: Yeah. In players or draft picks?
1: Just everything. That's six pieces.
15: Oh. <laughs> what draft picks would you give up to get them? A first, a third. Spectrum. For Meyer, I
1: would I would probably give up, even if I had to multiple firsts to to okay. bring him in. Um, but I would I he'd be one of the few guys I'd give up a first round. The guy the guy's got the potential to score fifty in this league, uh, and he's probably a forty goal guy. So I I'd think about giving up first for him. But the, you do have to you do have to factor in he's got a ten million dollar qualifying offer, which means you know that doesn't mean that that's what his cap hit's going to be next year. But yeah. he needs a new contract, and he is going to get paid.
15: No, definitely. But they got some money coming off the books. Also, they don't have right? enough
1: money to be able to fit it with with Meyer. They'd have to get they'd have to say goodbye to a few other players this offseason.
15: What two other players? would you think of getting rid of?
1: I don't uh, even want to speculate because uh, then, oh, uh, then it's going to okay. be, then it's <laughs> going to be, oh, you're trying to get rid of this guy. You know, they'd have to, they'd have to jettison at least one, if not two members of their core.
15: To afford them.
1: To be able to keep them. Yeah.
15: Yeah. Anybody else that uh, you think might uh, be a possibility? That guy in Chicago, that forward?
1: Patrick Kane?
15: No, no. The other guy.
1: Uh, after to see you max Domi. Domi, Domi. i mean i wouldn't be giving up high leverage picks for Domi. No. um so if you could get a value deal for him i guess but i wouldn't be giving up high picks or or prospects for him mm-hmm. um as for anybody the only other guy that i'd be giving up significant assets for that seems to be available at this year's deadline mm-hmm. Meyer I would think about, even though I don't think it's realistic for Calgary. No. The other okay. guy would be Chikrin, and I don't think it's realistic for him either. If if it ends up being something that they do, that'd be awesome. But those would be the two guys I'd be willing to give up kind of my uh, most coveted assets for.
15: And you'd have to give up a first for Chikrin, I believe. You'd
1: have to, to give start. up. At, I believe, like it sounds like two firsts and a high-end prospect is what Arizona's looking for. What prospect would... That would have to be Wolf or Coronado or Pelton. Coronado, yeah. Yeah, one of those three. He's a
15: U.S. citizen, Coronado, eh? Yeah,
1: he was born uh, born just outside of Boston, I believe.
15: So we had that fox, and he was an American, too, and he didn't want to sign, right? Yeah,
1: I mean, but I I think that's a little unfair to paint Coronado with that brush. Um, Do they have to
15: sign him this year?
1: And he's actually not outside Boston. He's born in New York. Uh, Nope. They they don't have to sign him this year.
15: Oh, they can wait another year even then.
1: They can wait two more years if they wanted. Now, if they wait two more years, Coronado could become an unrestricted free agent if he wanted to. Mm -hmm. Um, But they don't have to sign him this year, although I think they'd like to.
15: Okay. But he might be going to school next year even too, right? It's kind of up to him. Okay. That's all I got for you tonight. All right, Gary. You bet. Good to hear from
1: you. Good. Thanks. Uh, final score, 6-3. Flames beat the Arizona Coyotes. Three more calls as we continue on our Flames Talk postgame. James is up next. What's up, James?
16: I just wonder how you're doing tonight, Pat. It's always good to see the best commentator in the business. Who? Where? Nah, nah, he's no, he's not here anywhere. <laughs> you know what? When it comes to hockey, sir, you're one of the best in the business. Anyway, I was going to say... Um, Um, when they play Vegas, they should stay with the hot goaltender. They should, they should keep Bernard in the net and see what he does. If he keeps winning games, then they keep him in the net.
1: I agree. And I mean, I think there are, there are exceptions to that, but generally I I agree.
16: Now, I was also going to mention, why don't, you know, why don't they bring up Phillips? I mean, I'm a firm believer, you know, they get some more scoring out of the guy. I mean, He's trying down there in the minors and they don't want to bring him up.
1: Yeah, I don't I mean let let's uh, I'll I'll be I'll be as blunt as I can be. I just don't think the coach believes that he's an NHLer and that's going to keep him I think in the American League for the time being.
16: Well, yeah, he's probably going to walk at the end of the year. I think mean, there's uh,
1: a, there's definitely that chance. Now, the fact that he's a Calgary guy and and the opportunity to keep playing in his hometown with the Wranglers that that might change his tune. I don't know, but yes, there's a there is definitely a sizable chance that as an unrestricted free agent, Phillips opts to go elsewhere.
16: Well, I can say by just watching the game tonight, you know there was as uh, there was glimpses where they're trying, and so uh, we just have to keep believing that they keep trying and don't take any steps backwards.
1: That is the hope. We haven't seen it yet this year, but you know, there's still time for them to change the conversation.
16: Well that's well that's what well that's why I phone. I'll let you get back to some more callers. And I want to say thank you for doing a great job. You always do a great job, sir.
1: Thank you, James. You be well, man. Bye bye, sir. a uh, couple more calls starting with Tony. What's up, Tony? Hey Pat, how are you, buddy? Good, man.
17: Man, you know what, we got about four games left for the deadline, eh?
1: I believe, it's, I believe it's four
17: yeah and we're playing probably four true contenders
1: yeah vegas colorado boston yeah. toronto
17: yeah okay okay so you know what at the trade if you, i know you don't like when you say you have to win so many games this and that but i mean i say if it, either they have to go four and oh or three and one to make a small trade at the deadline someone like I don't know why no one ever brings this guy's name up. I know he's had some problems. Verana. Like, this guy, man, she sees some of his highlights. Like, why wouldn't you take a chance on this guy? Like, if I'm saying only make this, only make a trade like that if the next four games they go 4 and 0 or 3 and 1.
1: Right. I mean, okay. I, I, uh, I don't, I, I got to be honest with you. I don't know what. Uh, I don't know what the situation is when it comes to what Vrana's dealing with, um, but from a player standpoint, if they were to find a good value deal for him, I'd I'd be okay with that. Yeah, like you have nothing to lose. Like you, this guy can put it in the net, something you really need, right? Now again, I don't know. I don't know what's going on off the ice, so I and I, I don't I don't feel comfortable commenting on that. Um, but. From a if it's a if it's a good value deal and you're trying to kind of buy low on something and they wanted to do that, I'd, I'd have no problem with it. Depending on what the deal looked like,
17: yeah, because you only, like you said, probably only have four games to for the trade like, deadline, so you have to decide, right? When you, as Brad, he's got to decide. Okay, do you think we have enough to
1: to make it to the playoffs? Well, do and you? he's got he's got a little bit more than eight days to make that decision. Yeah,
17: and I say if they go if they go zero and four the next four games anybody on this team is available if the price is right.
1: I just don't think like I don't I don't think four games should determine that. I don't think it should be like in my opinion, I don't think four games win lose record wise should make that much of a an impact on on something like that. Like, I don't think, well, if they go 4-0, you sell everybody. If they go, oh, sorry, if they go 4-0, you make a trade and add somebody. If they go on 4 you sell everybody. I'm not quite there that it's it's that cut and dried. Um, the trade deadline's only a week away. Uh, it's it's in- just a little bit more than eight days away, yep. Yeah, and so I would,
17: if, if they go on 4 they're not making the playoffs. Just come on, I'm telling you right now. And retool in the summer. Get what you can get some draft picks, and re- I'm not saying
1: rebuild, retool. Yeah, but I, I think that you could make that point if they go 4-0. and Wow,
17: come on. If they go 4-0 and against these four teams, they're going to be right re- – and you could pick up someone like Verano or someone – like I said, I wouldn't give up much. But, you know, if you can get someone like that and go with it, go with what you have. Like Doer, I'm really impressed with him. I I just think
1: that's that's way too short-term thinking to put that much stock in four games, one way or the other, to to basically completely change the direction of your franchise based on four games. But you
17: only have seven four days of four games left until. That's great. I
1: just don't. I I'm well aware of what the schedule looks like. I just I don't think that you can. Make those type of decisions based solely on four games. You have to do it more on the entire body of work, and the four games being a part of the body of work, but not being more important than the first fifty-eight.
17: Yeah, well, well, I guess we differ on that. But I mean,
1: uh, you know, doer's game.
17: Like I'm telling, that guy's a good skater. He's powered forward. He's, he looked actually
1: good out there today. Yeah, he's been. I, I like when does he not look good this season. Yeah,
17: this guy should be a regular, I'm telling you right now. He's, he gives more speed than, you know, Richie. Uh, and, um, but, I mean, he's a good fourth liner. And you could actually plug him into the third line if you had to. You know what I mean? Like, uh, he has uh, that versatility. But, but we'll see what happens about the next four games, man. I'm telling you.
1: I can happens. guarantee you Tony that Brad Trelliving is not thinking like you are. Like, okay, next four games, I will alter the course of the franchise based on these four games. I can guarantee well, you the GM is I, not thinking that.
17: That's
1: why that way. I should that's why I should be the GM. That's why. Huh, you know I I uh it be it be I I don't know if I'm quite there with you. No
17: we'll be trading left and right man i don't know what the hell i'll be doing but uh, we'll see what happens in the next four games but thanks for taking my call buddy
1: thanks tony see you buddy uh last call tonight is parsons what's up parsons hey brother um yeah
9: I, what was your i'm just gonna ask you quickly before i say anything what what was your overall impression of the game
1: I thought the Flames were pretty dominant from start to finish. Got a little unlucky to be down 3-1, stuck with it, and then pounded the Coyotes into the sand.
9: Like even in the second?
1: I didn't have a problem at all with – I mean, they made a couple of – there was maybe a couple of decisions where you're like, okay, uh, that wasn't great. But, I mean, the power play goal Vladar probably would have liked to have back. Second Mm. play – I mean, Tanev puts it into his own net. Um, Third one – Toffoli clanks it off the post on a great shot, and then they go back the other way and score. I mean, it was I thought they were unlucky to be down 3-1. Uh, they had dominated at that point. They didn't let it get them down. They came back. They tied it in short order and then blew them out of the water in the third. So, really, I didn't feel like there was any stretch of time where I thought the Flames played poorly. Okay.
9: Like, just in my opinion, I thought from probably about the mid-first, um, to a large portion of the second, I thought uh, they were kind of letting them back in there, but that's just what I saw. Um, a, a game like this, Pat, for me, the needle hasn't really moved for me in terms of this team making any serious acquisitions. No, anything. me
1: neither. I'm, I'm not. It's I mean, kind of going back to what Tony was saying there. Like, I'm not. I'm not willing to make those. Like my. my approach to the trade deadline can't change on one game or my approach to the the organizational direction can't be based on one game or or one week yeah. uh, that type of thing so no i i still don't believe that they should be trading away significant assets for you know right now to to solve right now
9: yeah like it you know like i thought walker do was one of the best players tonight so good on him um yeah, I'm just. I'm not interested in making any moves or moving any picks, as I see this team kind of being a little bit fragile and a little bit too up and down. I know there's four games left, blah blah blah, but I don't think uh, after this many games in the season it's going to make or break this team. Honestly, Pat, I would just rather see this team just kind of play it out and uh, you know chill and reset, you know reassess things in the off season because let's face it, at this point in in the season, if you're acquiring something, typically you're overpaying. And at this point, there's no need for us to be tinkering with anything. We, we we have players we need. So let's just see what we got. And let's see how we finish out the season and see who's who, right? Um, as far as, um, you know, this is probably going to be unpopular. But I am not a fan or interested in seeing Wolf up here at all in this roller coaster this year
1: no Uh, i'm not either
9: you know i would rather see him uh get the reps down in the a you know celebrate his successes with his teammates potentially they're going to go on a on a run so i mean let's let him enjoy that and let him get that experience under his belt he doesn't need to be up here on this tire fire right now so and lastly i'll just leave off on this um I don't know. Uh I thought I love Ladare. I'm not sure. I know the tan thing, but I don't know if I've loved his couple outings. Uh, he's getting the Ws, so that's what matters, but
1: in my I don't th- you know, I don't think he's playing lights out or anything. I just would no, go back to him against no. Ladar. I uh, against uh, Vegas rather.
9: Yeah, no, and, and I'm fine with that as well. I just don't think he's played, you know, lights out either, it, you know, when he's given, okay, this is your chance to potentially mm-hmm. Make a statement, and he hasn't done that, which worries me at the last couple of outings. So, um, other than that, man, I, I think this team just, just needs to play it out. Play it out. Fair enough. Yeah, man.
1: All That's right, Pars.
9: Be well, buddy. You too, man. Take care.
1: And that'll wrap us up on the phone lines this evening following a Flames 6-3 win over Arizona. Great stuff on the phone lines. Great stuff on the text line as per usual. And we'll do it all over again on Thursday night uh, as the Flames play the second half of a back-to-back. It's time for your final summary uh, as we continue along on Flames Talk post game. Flames uh, did trail in this one, even though they opened the scoring. Milan Lucic made it one nothing. Calgary at 439 of the first period. He opens the scoring for the Flames with his fifth of the year. Lucic from Walker Dewar and Trevor Lewis and Calgary led one nothing after 20 minutes of play. In the second period, Arizona pushes back, and they score three in succession, starting with the equalizer. Power play goal from Nick Schmaltz, his 16th from Clayton Keller and Yusuf Alamaki, and it was 1-1. Then at 931, Coyotes go out in front by a 2 nothing score. Uh, sorry, by a 2-1 score. They take their first lead on Keller's 24th of the year, an unassisted goal. That's the one that Chris Tanev put into his own net. It happens. It wasn't really. T- it was just bad luck, so I'm not trying to throw Tanev under the bus. I'm really not. But that's what happened, and it was 2-1 Arizona just like that. And then uh, just over 90 seconds later, the Coyotes take a 3-1 lead on a Matias Michelli goal, his fourth of the year, unassisted at 11.06. And just like that, the Coyotes up 3-1. But give the Flames credit. They uh, did not go away. They did not change the way they were playing. They stuck with it, and they really pushed back. Shortly after, the Coyotes go up 3-1. They take a penalty and off to the power play go the Coyotes and, sorry, go the Flames and very shortly into that power play Flames cut the lead to one. Elias Lindholm Johnny on the spot in the slot makes it 3-2 on a power play goal. Lindholm's 17th from Nazem Kadri and Tyler Toffoli. And just like that, it was 3-2. Power play goal at 1258. Then 62 seconds later, Toffoli ties the game for Calgary. Toffoli's 24th from Dylan Dubé and Lindholm at the 14-minute mark. We had a 3-3 tie for Lindholm. That was his 500th career NHL. Three-three tie after 40 minutes of play. Then in the third period flames take over the eventual game winner scored on the power play Jacob Pelche redirects home his second of the year to make it 4-3 Flames. Pelche from Noah Hannafin and Dubé at 4-52, Flames up by one. Then 25 seconds later, Walker Dewar gives him some breathing room with his third of the year. Dewar from Chris Tanev and Mackenzie Wieger at five seventeen, and it was a 5-3 game for Calgary. One more power play goal before the end of the night. It was Michael Backlund's 13th of the year. Beautiful pass from Jacob Pelche. Mangiapane with the second assist to make it 6-3. Time of the goal, 16-41 on the power Power play, 6-3 the score. And then 6-3 ends up being your final. Final, shoot, uh, final shots, 52-14 in favor of the Flames. Calgary goes three for five on the power play. Coyotes, one for two. With the man advantage, your three stars tonight in the building. Number three, Clayton Keller. Number two, Tyler Toffoli. And number one, Jacob Pelche. With the win, Calgary improves to 27, 20, and 11. They're back in action tomorrow, Thursday, on the road in Vegas. As for Arizona, they fall to 20, 29, and 9. They're back in action Sunday at home to Nashville. That is your final summary. And now for everyone involved in Flames Hockey tonight, for our broadcast crew of Derek Wills and Peter Labardius, and for our outstanding producer, Azam Nanji, my name is Pat Steinberg. That'll wrap us up on our Flames Talk post-game show, which is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. We've been coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Worried about radon? They install custom mitigation systems to reduce your risk. To learn more. And for all things basementy, visit dlbasementsystems.com. Next up for Calgary, Thursday night in Vegas. They look for their first ever win at T-Mobile Arena. 7 o'clock face-off, which means we're on the air with your Calgary Flames warm-up at 6 o'clock. Have a wonderful rest of your Wednesday night. And uh, that's your uh, final score from Mullet Arena in Tempe. The first ever trip to Mullet Arena in Tempe. Final score, Flames 6, Arizona 3. This has been your Flames Talk postgame show, available wherever you get your podcasts. And this has been Alpine Credits Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.
0: This is CFAC 960 AM, Calgary, Alberta, Canada, a Rogers sports and media radio station. Flames Radio is only on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Thanks for listening. Sportsnet.ca slash 960 has games and times for the next Flames Radio broadcast. This is a copyright broadcast. No retransmission streaming, recording, or copying of the broadcast in any way is allowed without the permission of the Calgary Flames Hockey Club and Sportsnet. 960 Calgary's home for the Flames and the National Hockey League is Sportsnet 960 the fan